When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Oh, you know it. I know. <laughs> it's Unsportsmanlike <laughs> on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPNU. The highlights there, Eagles Radio, as Philadelphia beats Dallas 28-23. In Philly yesterday, Philly is now 8-1 and one on the season, and they are setting up for a showdown on ESPN and ABC two weeks from tonight. Monday Night Football, Ooh. Eagles, Chiefs, both coming off of a bye. Mm, that that's is be awesome. Fun. That is awesome. Jalen Hurts, 17-23, 207 yesterday, two touchdowns. A.J. Brown, another big game, seven catches and a touchdown. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys had the ball on the six-yard line with 27 seconds to go, down five points, and basically took two attempts in the end zone, had multiple penalties, took a sack, just an awful end to the game for the Cowboys, who had mistakes where their tight end came up short on a route on a fourth down to try to get into the end zone. Dak uh, steps out of bounds on a two-point conversion. But it is, as we've mentioned, seemingly, for whatever reason, maybe possibly moral victory season, where a lot of people are looking at this saying, well, the Cowboys actually proved something here. And then the Cowboys told you they can play with the Eagles. But let's put this to a test for a second. Mm. When we're saying they can play with the Eagles, like, for example, if I said to you right now, the Eagles are hosting an NFC championship game, and you could either play the Cowboys or the Niners, who do you want to play? I want to play the Cowboys, even though I think right now they're playing better football. I also think the likelihood of them messing up is higher. <laughs> yes, yes, right. They're the almost champs, right? They're going to find a we way to almost, screw it up. We almost beat the Eagles. We almost got that two-point <laughs> conversion, but Dak stepped out of bounds. We almost had that touchdown on fourth and one, but the tight end didn't run a route that was deep enough where he was in the end zone when he got tackled. We almost had a chance first in what First and five from the six-yard line. We almost had a chance at the end of the game, but we took a a false start penalty, and then our quarterback took a sack inexplicably before we got one throw toward the end zone. I just – they're the almost champs, Smalls. That's what I got to call them. Like, they almost – they looked apart. They got the talent. They have the requisite pieces that it takes. They have a quarterback that's top ten in the league. They've got an all-pro wide receiver. They've got a good offensive line. they got a franchise tag running back. they got arguably the best defensive player in all of football, Michael Parsons. They, they look like they should be good. A Super Bowl winning uh, coach. A Super Bowl winning coach. They look like they should be good, but, but they always come up short in, in the most important moments against good competition. Uh, we, we have to keep... We have to call it who it is. These are who the Dallas Cowboys are in the Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy era of Cowboys football. This is who they are. Those two plays that I pointed out, the two-point conversion where Dak steps out of bounds, and the Luke Schoolmaker play on fourth and goal from the one-yard line, those are emblematic of who the Cowboys have been. A team that looks the part but always comes up short against good competition. And I said it on Friday, if the Dallas Cowboys – can't get it done in this game against the Eagles with Dak Prescott, I don't think that it's ever going to happen for them. You got an injured Jalen Hurts, 
and the Philadelphia Eagles did all they could to give you an opportunity to win that game. I mean, think about it. The last Eagles drive, DeAndre Swift runs into A.J. Brown, fumbles the ball. You can't get on it. Tyler Steen jumps on it. They're able to punt the ball away. And guess what, Smalls? You get the ball, and you drive 80 yards, 80 yards in 19 seconds. 19 seconds by virtue of big plays and penalties. You had an opportunity. And what did you do? First and five from the six-yard line. And you take a, a false start, a sack, a delay a game, and then all of a sudden you come up short when you throw the ball to CeeDee Lamb about three yards short of the goal line. Like, that's this is who the Dallas Cowboys are. And as you always say, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Why should we believe the Dallas Cowboys are a Super Bowl contending team when they can't beat good teams? No, I don't believe they are. Do you, Evan? I, well, I keep having it in my head now as the almost. I have Whitney Houston. Didn't we almost have it all in my head over and over? <laughs> Didn't we almost have it all? Is that our new Cowboys theme yes. song? We have Purdy. Yes. We have Purdy yes. rocking all night long. Yes. Do we have Whitney? Didn't, didn't we almost have it all? Yes. That 100%. was, by the way, that was brave of us to try to attempt to sing Whitney. Yeah. On well, national I, I don't think you can call what we did singing Whitney saying, song, but to, but, to sing but we great. drive the point home though. Yeah. I think that's the perfect song for the, for the Dallas the Cowboys. Cowboy song. Is Whitney Houston. Didn't we almost have it all? We almost have it all. So you both are saying. Yeah, if, if I'm the Eagles, bring the Cowboys to my house in January for yeah. a spot to go to the Super Bowl. Pat Costello, our producer, is an actual Eagles fan. Die hard. Are you saying the same thing? Would you rather have the Cowboys come to your house or the Niners come to your house? One million percent the 49ers. It's not even close. Because you want to lose? Because I think that it's a guaranteed win. I'm the, the 49ers do not scare me. Brock Purdy has never once scared me. The Cowboys are one of those teams that could come in and ruin your day on any given day. But, Pat, y'all didn't play well, and y'all still won. I don't understand. Help you, you me understand. Which is all year. By the way, did, all year. Did, the Eagles did not play well in that game yeah. yesterday. No, but see, no, see, it was like Christmas year. came early. They're trying to gift a win to the Cowboys. They had less than 300 total yards of offense. They did not play well. No. And they still won the game. Correct. So the Cowboys bought their A game. Dak Prescott probably can't play better than he played. 374 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interception. He probably can't play better than that. He played well. And they still couldn't make the plays to win the game, even after the Eagles tried to give them the damn game. What do you think that is? Because I'm watching this game, and I – they are in a position to win the game right down to the end, and I have no confidence that they're going to do it. No. Even even <laughs> though the odds are saying that they're going to get it done, I'm watching the game going, they're not going to win this you game. You know what? Maybe, maybe what I What is it about their DNA where, where this just keeps happening over and over and over again, whether it's in the regular season against quality opponents or in the playoffs? I just We talked about it with Josh Allen. Like At some point, can you exercise these demons from you, whether it's turnovers or falling short? Like How do they get past this? I don't know if they can. Well, my answer to the Cowboys is completely ignorant and stupid, but it's the only thing I could think of because we've seen this for 20 years, and the only thing that's been consistent is the way in which Jerry Jones operates his team, which makes no sense on a football Sunday. They've got the talent. But it's always that way. It's like the Chargers have always been another almost team for 20 years, right? So the only thing you come back to is the way in which their mentality is that maybe there is a level of fear of, oh God, what's going to be said about me? How is this going to be handled if we don't get this done? Versus let's just wing it and do it. Like I, Josh Dobbs, 
right? Josh Dobbs has <laughs> no fear over anything in life. This guy's unbelievable. He's, He's been great. on five teams in a calendar year, seven teams in his career, and his third time yesterday coming basically off the scrap heap and not knowing his teammates' names or the playbook and finding a way to win. He yesterday does, for the come, Vikings. That'll come later. Yeah, he did it for the Cardinals. They did it for the Titans last year, right? That's like the anti-Cowboys. Where like He's thinking about seemingly nothing. It feels like the Cowboys are thinking about everything. Because how do you explain? Because this happened when you were there. Yeah. And this was, how, when did you play? What years did you play there? I played there from 2005 through 2008. And is that a we loss a 13, yesterday? We were a 13-win team, and we lost to the New York Giants. And that was because Patrick Creighton dropped a pass. I want to say it was on third and long. And here's the thing. The so year, you had yesterday's loss in that year. Yeah, exactly. And then the year before that, we're in Seattle, wild card round. We drive the, the ball holds. down at the end of the game, and Tony Romo muffs this long snap for the field goal with go-ahead points. So we lost that way, too. It, he's right. It's a pattern, and the only common denominator is Jerry Jones. But here's the thing. But how well, do I ble- – it's but, not but, fair but, for me to do that, well, though. Well, why couldn't we? Why, no, I, mean, I guess – tell me why. He, but how he, has, how has that – He puts himself in front of the firing squad. He's the only owner in the NFL that has a weekly spot on a local radio show. Like, this is Jerry Jones. He makes himself the show. He wants the Cowboys to be a circus. Why should we be surprised when they lose – in extraordinary fashion, spectacular fashion. Why should we be surprised? He He's making it that. He's making it a show. He's making it a spectacle. And it feels like when his team goes up against competition, they make that, that, that is quality competition, they make themselves easy to beat. The one thing I will go back to is two weeks ago when Jerry Jones talked about what he ain't going to do at the trade deadline, he's like, I'm not picking up the phone to call people. They're going to have to call me in order to make a move. Well, I'm pretty sure he would like to have that one back because if you did have a running back that could get tough yards in between the tackles, maybe you don't lose that game yesterday. Twice in the fourth quarter, not once, twice, you had a situation where you're inside the six-yard line and you don't come away with points. It happened at the beginning of the fourth quarter. It happened at the end of the fourth quarter. If you got a running back that you can hand the ball to that can get two or three tough yards, guess what? You do that a couple of times, you're going to score a touchdown. They don't have that threat. Nobody's afraid of the Dallas Cowboys when it comes to getting those tough yards, those one, those two, those three-yard gains that can make the difference in being able to take control of a game or close out a game. You know who has no problem with that? The Philadelphia Eagles. No problem with it whatsoever. And that's why I don't trust the Dallas Cowboys. That like, If you have a team that's bad in the red zone, how far do you think they're going to go? Not very far. But that's where the Dallas Cowboys are. They're not good in the red zone. They're not great on short yardage. And when it comes to overall situational football, it leaves a lot to be desired. So why why should I trust the Dallas Cowboys to accomplish anything of consequence this season when they've shown me they can't beat good teams? So what's the bet then between you and Pat? Because we got to get this down. Because you want you're all in on the Niners like over the Cowboys, and yeah. we all are actually now for that matter. What what's the bet? Well, 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 the bet is that the Dallas Cowboys will go on a deeper playoff run than the San Francisco 49ers this year. And what I can't understand is what evidence is Pat basing that on in the Cowboys' favor. At least with the 49ers, I can say, the quarterback has been in a conference championship game, and Kyle Shanahan has been in the conference championship game three of the last four years. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? What evidence do we have that the Dallas Cowboys could do that? No, and I've been a supporter of the Cowboys, but I I would not be a supporter of theirs over – the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, so the bet is $10 in a bad take jar. If, if the Dallas Cowboys go further than the San Francisco 49ers, I got to put 
$10 in the bad take jar and vice versa. $10. $10. So, I'm in. All right. You okay. know what? Good. Let's yeah. make it 20 <gasps> 20 20 He is, steep. is confident. 20 is steep. I mean, Pat, you can't put me on the spot on national radio and expect that I'm not going to do it. So, yeah, it's 20. 20 bucks. It's, it's rich. Wow, it's Pat rich. Pat is confident. You know what? He's this about is, wait, this wait, is rich. Wait, wait a second. Do you think the Cowboys are going to go deeper into the playoffs than your Eagles? No. Okay, because the way you're speaking, it kind of but here, but here, but here, but, here, but here's the thing, and and don't don't miss the forest through the trees with what Pat is saying. He's saying he has more confidence that the Cowboys are going to go on a deeper playoff run than the San Francisco 49ers. If that's the case, shouldn't we just pencil the damn Philadelphia Eagles into the Super Bowl again? Yeah, ain't that what we're saying? Like, Unless point, you think the this, Lions could beat them. Yeah, who, Get out of here. Well, do we, after <laughs> yesterday, that's another question that, that emerged for me. Do the Eagles really have a legitimate threat against them in the NFC? No. No. The Listen. Seahawks showed who they were. The Lions have faltered. The Cowboys certainly didn't prove us to or give us any more confidence in them than we had prior. The 49ers are on a skid. I mean, who who do you think is going to challenge the Eagles in the NFC? The nobody. 49ers. In the words of Keith Sweat, nobody. My, my whole point, Shout think about this way. Just think about this. The Philadelphia Eagles are 8-1. and one. Do you know what they were this time last year? 8-1. and 8-1. I mean, like, like they are just ho hum going about their business. They still haven't played their best football yet, and yet they just keep stacking wins. You're saying don't get it twisted on the Eagles, make it last forever because nobody can beat them. I love that. I love that. Just saying. I love that. Just saying. One hour from now, that. by the way, our phone tag yes. continues. Mike Greenberg was on. He picked Joe Buck as his next guest on our show. Joe Buck picked John Smoltz. The Hall of Famer is going to join us in an hour from now. But coming up. All the small things next on Sportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. All the small things with Smalls. 
And we are brought to you by Beacon. The Beacon Pro Plus app helps roofers get things done from anywhere. Beacon always building. Smalls, what do you have for us today? First thing I want to do is talk about C.J. Stroud. C.C., you mentioned him a little bit earlier, but I could not be more impressed with what we've seen from C.J. Stroud so far Mm. this season. And I love his poise. I love his energy. I love the confidence he has in himself. So yesterday, Texans Bucks, there was 46 seconds left, 75 yards to go, two timeouts. C.J. Stroud says to his team, if you give me a little bit of time, I will make them pay. I will repeat, the rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud says to his team, if you give me a little bit of time, I will make them pay and he did he goes six plays throws for a touchdown he takes the lead with six seconds left the Texans end up winning 39 37 he sets a record for passing yards by a rookie he finished with 470 yards five touchdowns no interceptions guys he looks legit like he looks like he is going to be a franchise quarterback who had the Texans sitting there at four and four at this this point of the season I just cannot say enough with what we're seeing from CJ Stroud nobody had them at, at that number at this point. And nobody had a rookie quarterback, 14 touchdowns, one interception. No. I mean, you wouldn't have believed it for Peyton Manning. You wouldn't have believed it for Andrew Luck or Cam Newton or any Trevor Lawrence, any of these guys that like everybody was tanking to try to get. You would never believe through eight games, 14 touchdowns, one pick. Yeah. But forget about the rookie part of it. Just think about this. There have only been five quarterbacks until yesterday that had games where they had a 450 yards pass and five touchdowns, no picks. C.J. Stroud became the sixth. I'm going to give you other five. Jared Goff, Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, Donovan McNabb, and Y.A. Tittle. Mm. Like, except for Y.A. Except for Y.A. Tittle, all of them dudes played in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, the, the thing, and Y.A. Tittle's in the Hall of Fame. So, just, I just, like, I, I'm not going to jump out, I'm not going to jump out the window, but the Houston Texans, they found their franchise quarterback post Deshaun Watson. His name is C.J. Stroud. Well, speaking of Deshaun Watson, C.J. Stroud has been so good, we're forgetting all of the drama that's had surrounded the Houston Texans for years. Yeah. He's changing the narrative around that team. I mean, They no longer have a chaplain that's running their organization. The Jack, <laughs> no. East, the Jack Easterby era <laughs> seems like it's over. Thank Even God. Mr. Patriot Don't blame Belichick on that. on that one. That ain't Bel- <laughs> Belichick wanted to help his players spiritually. He didn't have the guy watching draft tape. No, but but Smalls, think about this. You got C.J. Stroud, your franchise quarterback, and you still have a first-round pick that's due to you in 2024 from the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson trade is the gift that keeps giving. Wait, I got to put one it's other unreal. quick thing on this. We talked about Bryce great. Young. It's great. We talked about Bryce Young and the move that they made that Bryce in Carolina, that he has to be worth two number one picks. Well, Houston did the same thing. Whoever you want to apply it to, whether it's Will Anderson or C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud is worth three first-rounders at this point, yeah. maybe four. Yeah. If you knew you were going to get this – this ain't small anymore, Smalls. This is a big thing. If I said to the Houston Texans before the draft, he's going to be this, would you give up five first-rounders to get him? They'd do it. He's been that good for them. Because you you need a franchise quarterback. And they got him. And, it's seeming, and you know, we, we don't really see – well, I guess maybe we have, but – I don't think that this is an aberration is what I'm saying. I don't think that this is just a flash in the pan. I think that he feels like the real deal. He's also kind of changing our minds in the way we view Ohio State quarterbacks, no? Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. 
All right, well, a quarterback we don't have questions on, guys, is Lamar Jackson. The Ravens absolutely smoked the Seattle Seahawks 37-3 to yesterday. And if the Ravens get to the Super Bowl, Evan, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, are we just going to put money down on the Ravens because of the way Lamar has owned the <laughs> NFC? Prior to yesterday, okay, since Lamar became the starting quarterback for the Ravens in 2018, he had gone 17-1 and against, against NFC teams. It's a 944 winning percentage, which was the best by any quarterback against the opponent conference since the merger in 1970. So, of course, he goes out yesterday and wins again. He's 18-1 and versus the NFC. Absolutely ridiculous stat from Lamar. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Lamar Jackson is really, really good. But here's the great thing about yesterday. They didn't need Lamar Jackson to put on the cape. His team had 515 yards of total offense, and Lamar Jackson had, what, 187 yards passing? They had 298 yards rushing. That's how, that's how dominant – this, def- this, this, this run game can be, but the other part of this team that's dominant is their defense. They allowed, count them, six first downs to the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> Think about that. Six first downs. Six first downs. The Seahawks had six first downs in a full football game. That is absolutely absurd how good their defense is. Does how that- many? Six. Okay. There we Does go. that tell you more about the Ravens' defense or Seattle's offense? Does that expose yes. Seattle more the, than it The answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Four straight games for Geno with two or more turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Uh, that was my upside right, in game In case of you the were week. wondering, the Seattle Seahawks offense had six first downs yesterday. Amazing. Six. Wow. Yeah, six. Six. Okay, guys, let's keep it moving. The Raiders beat the Giants 30-6 to yesterday after they made a bunch of decisions to clean house in Vegas. Antonio Pierce won the press conference, and he won his first game. But I think more impressively, this team looked like they had life in them. You heard them, a lot of the players talking after the game about their interim head coach, Antonio Pierce, Raiders quarterback Aiden O'Connell, said that he is a guy that has strong convictions. You feel his intensity, and it just seems like he has brought out a different side of this team. Evan, you talk about the interim coach bump that we see a lot of times. But I think this is really indicative of just how badly it had gotten with Josh McDaniels that Antonio Pierce can step in and, and again, I know it's an inferior opponent in the New York Giants, but get them playing like they have a little bit of life in them. Did they win the Super Bowl yesterday, just out of curiosity? Because I think they celebrated more than teams that win Super Bowls. They all with the cigars in the locker room. I get Obviously, they did not like Josh McDaniels or anything that was part of the Josh McDaniels regime. That's obvious. I think they celebrated more than you guys did when you won the Super Bowl. Yeah, but it's interesting to hear the reports of what was happening before Josh McDaniels actually coached that last game, where they basically had a team meeting and aired out all of their grievances about the head coach. And you hear about the owner, Mark Davis, meeting with Devontae Adams, meeting with Josh Jacobs, and them getting their issue about Josh McDaniels. It – it was inevitably going to fail with Josh because he lost the respect of the guys in the locker room, and then you turned it over to a interim head coach in Antonio Pierce who the players have the utmost respect for. And I think you see the the contrast when it comes to how the players approach the game, the urgency, the intensity that they played with, and then the, the elation after they won that game against the Giants. It didn't matter who they played against. Like yesterday, the fact that it was an inferior opponent, they were going to celebrate, they were going to play hard because they respected the head coach and Antonio Pierce. And I'm glad to hear that there are actually reports out there that Mark Davis is going to give AP first crack at being the full-time head coach. That's a that's a luxury or a privilege that Rich Bisaccia didn't get, even though he had a winning record as the interim coach a couple of years ago. It feels like AP is going to get a legitimate shot 
to be the next head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. The Rich Bisaccia situation is the best possible thing that could have happened to Antonio Pierce. I actually think it's his to lose because of that. Because Mark Davis will retroactively say, what if I stayed with that guy yeah. and didn't go with this guy? That I think Pierce has a leg up because of it. Plus, it'll probably be a lot cheaper than going out and hiring a Jim yeah, Harbaugh, especially it? when you're paying coaches two, two coaches $85 million. Yeah, well, ridiculous. Also, imagine if – I mean, all these guys already believe in him. Imagine if through the season they have more reps with him and they get that more ingratiated with him. I know he was already on the staff, but – that's a hard change to make, too. If the guys in the locker room are really invested in AP and then you're going to go ahead and, and hire somebody else, that's a, a tough move to make. Yeah, you'll have proof of concept. The guys respect them. Cool. They like playing for them. They play hard for them. Cool. Yeah. It's a win-win. Coming up, maybe the best story of the NFL season. We will get to that next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. This may be the story of the year in the NFL. What Josh Dobbs has now done twice, five teams, calendar year, third time, he just starts, or not starts, he plays with less than a week's worth of preparation. He did it in Arizona to start the season. He did it last year with the Titans. He gets to Minnesota, trade deadline earlier this week. He's not the starter. Jaron Hall is the starter. Unfortunately, has to leave because of concussion protocol. He comes in, he being Dobbs, and he leads them back. Game-winning drive off the bench. The guy's unbelievable. And what he said post-game puts it all in perspective about his teammates. Oh, don't even start. I probably, <laughs> if if we had to pull up a roster, I had to go names. I'll be I'll be a bad teammate today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know knew Alex. I knew a lot of first names. Alex, Brandon. I know like a lot of nicknames per se. Uh, but yeah, names, names. That's a uh, that's that's for this week. That's an assignment for this week. So. That is unbelievable. Kevin Seifert, our, our reporter for the Vikings, ESPN.com, said Josh Dobbs didn't take a single rep with the offensive practice, no snaps <laughs> from Garrett Bradbury, had never thrown passes to anyone, and didn't know most of their full names. That's for next week, he said. This is remarkable, guys, what he, what he has done here. No, it's unbelievable, man. And that last drive... I mean, puts, uh, puts it into perspective. I mean, you got fourth and seven from Atlanta's 34, and he scrambles for 22 yards to keep the drive alive. He just plays winning football, and that's what you want. And we said that Minnesota had all the ingredients on the offensive side of the ball, uh, that, that, that this could be a team that could not only just stay afloat but actually make a playoff push, even with Kirk Cousins being out. All they needed was competent quarterback play. And we didn't know whether or not Jaron Hall could give that to us, but we had a confidence and a belief based on what we saw in Arizona that Josh Dodds could keep him in games. And with the upgrade, with the skill position core, the weapons that he has to work with, maybe, just maybe, Josh Dobbs could do enough to get this team in the playoffs. When you look at their strength of schedule remaining, 
This is going to be a team that's in the mix. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings have it all out there in front of them. This should be a team that should make some noise in terms of being in the playoff picture. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm bullish on Josh Dobbs and the Minnesota Vikings to be a wild card in the NFC because I just don't think that there's going to be another team outside of the second-place team in the NFC West and the second-place team in the NFC East that's actually going to seize that spot. Yeah, because the NFC feels so unstable, the Vikings could be one of those teams to step up and make a run. Absolutely. And if I'm Josh Jobs' teammate, I'm like, hey, bud, you don't need to know my name. I don't care if you know my name. You took care of the football. You took care of business on the field. That's all that really matters. But he really is one of the best stories of the NFL. No season. doubt. And he talked about like the <laughs> how difficult it is coming over and, and trying to understand the offense. Yeah. He said it's like taking a Spanish class all semester and then parachuting in for the French exam. At the end, that's that, that's how that that, that well, he passed. It, uh, I mean, he passed. But think about it: like yeah. you're studying, you're studying, you're studying for one language because of one NFL playbook. Then you've got to in days digest the offense and be in position to operate the offense in a situation where you're trying to lead a come from behind drive. Think about the pressure in that situation and how Josh Dobbs handled it. Like it's it's, it's really incredible what he's done. And regardless of how things turn out, like Josh Dobbs is going to be one of the best, you know, options for a backup quarterback in the National Football no League doubt. going into 2024. No doubt about it. And and just one quick note, we're going to get to phone calls here at 888-SAY-ESPN on the Dr. Pepper call in line about the week that was in the NFL. Uh, maybe the most blatant in-season tank we've ever seen. Nobody wants to talk about it. I'll say it out loud. The Arizona Cardinals traded their starting quarterback without activating Kyler Murray. It has to be said. I'm sorry. He's their starting quarterback. He goes wins a game for another team, and they did not activate Kyler Murray. Well, didn't we say this after Josh Dobbs and the Cardinals beat the Dallas Cowboys? We're like, oh, wait, they're playing too good. Wait, yeah. wait, wait a minute. Wait, 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 no, like we, you do know what we're trying to do here, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're well, not actually trying to win games. We gave you the playbook, yeah, exactly. and it was to lose. We, we <laughs> traded for you a week before the season kicked off, and we put you in the starting lineup. Yeah. We ain't really trying. We wanted to look nice. We wanted to look competitive so people could say, Oh, no, they're not really trying to tank. They're actually going out there and, and, and actually playing games. They ain't really trying to win games. You saw how good Michael Penix and Caleb Williams look. We've okay. seen how good Drake May looks. Like They're trying to secure a top draft pick so they can find a future franchise quarterback and move off of Kyler Murray. But I'm glad that Josh Dobbs, who has been really impressive this year, now gets to go to a team where he has a chance to actually do something. And he did yesterday, that's for sure. Chris in North Carolina, Sirius XM 80s, how he's listening to us. What's up, What's up Chris? Chris. All right, Chris. Is, oh, there he is. Sorry about that. Appreciate, appreciate you taking my call. I'd have waited an hour for this, man. Oh, um, must be Kansas, good. I got one question. You played in the NFL. Uh, would you rather play a divisional team in the conference championship or would you rather play 49ers? Uh, what, what I failed to hear, and I'm kind of fabriclassed it, um, you know, good no one missed a chance still. Dak Prescott played, outplayed the Eagles. Outplayed Jalen Hurts. Uh, the Cowboys looked better than the Eagles. The Eagles were at home. Dallas will be 9-3 and three going into this next matchup. Eagles have a tough four-game stretch. I, I think you guys are, you know, the, the amount of hate for Dallas without the context. We talk about history and how Dallas falls short, but we don't bring up how Dallas is on Philly for the last four or five years. So, I'd like well, a little you can more say that out of Oh, and, you know, no, Chris, Chris, Chris. I'm not going to let you get away with that. That was only the second meeting between Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts. And the first one came within the first, what, four starts uh, of the year where Jalen was named a full-time starter. 
So, I mean, let, let's let's keep it in proper perspective. And how can we not go back to the history of the Dallas Cowboys when in the game that we saw yesterday, they had so many opportunities for breaks to go their way that they couldn't take advantage of? We, we talked about the, the, the goal-to-go situations that they had at the beginning of the fourth quarter and at the end of the fourth quarter. We talked about the two-point conversion where Dak Prescott steps out of bounds rather than turning up, literally and figuratively, to get in the end zone and make it a field goal game. We, we've talked about all of those things. What, what, we talked about how they didn't recover the fumble that DeAndre Swift tried to give them in, in that last Eagles possession before they were able to punt it away. Like, wh- why, why can't we bring those things up and then use the history as the backdrop to why we don't believe in the Dallas Cowboys? Tell me how that's unfair, Smalls. I don't think it is at all. I'm kind of surprised that he would say that we are making these claims with no context. We have a lot of context surrounding the Dallas Cowboys. We got plenty of data points. That's all we got with the Dallas Cowboys. But, but remember what we're saying. I mean, like, we're saying that we think that San Francisco is going to go deeper into the playoffs than the Cowboys. We're not saying the Cowboys are not going to go into the playoffs. We're not saying the Cowboys are not a good team. We didn't say that the Cowboys didn't play well yesterday. They had a horrible end of the game. The, the point of the conversation was based on the fact that if we are going to all agree that Philly is number one, who gives them the biggest threat in the yeah. NFC, we're saying that we believe San Francisco does. That is not a knock on Dallas. Dallas is still a very good team. You could make the argument that they're ahead of Detroit. You could make the argument that they're ahead of Seattle. They're just, in, in our minds, not ahead of San Francisco. Well, and exactly. And this is not the first test. This is the second test we've seen Dallas against a good team. Right. I think narrative is a word that we've stumbled on a lot today. The Dolphins losing against good teams is not a narrative. The Cowboys losing against good teams is not a narrative. It's a fact. A narrative would be as if we're trying to spin it a certain way and it's not there. There is no spinning. We're halfway through the season. So far, both teams' resumes do not include wins against good teams. Yeah. And what's, the bar, and what's the bar for the Dallas Cowboys? Is it getting into the playoffs or no. is it going on a deep playoff run? No. Because I'm confused. Well, like their fan base keeps saying, oh, you, 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 you're not talking about how good Dak played yesterday. Yeah, I know Dak played play good. I said Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback, but that's not the bar. Can Dak Prescott... Go on the road and win against a division rival that was in the Super Bowl because that's the team that has the best record in the NFL. And in order to get where you want to go, you got to beat them. Listen, Micah Parsons, two weeks ago on his podcast, called the Philadelphia Eagles the best team in the NFL. And that this was supposed to be another measuring stick game. And Smalls, you said this about the 49ers game. If it was a measuring stick game, then the Eagles took the stick and beat them with it. Yep. That, that's what's happened not once, but twice mm-hmm. over the span of a month when it comes to playing against teams with winning records. Yeah, color me unimpressed when the wins that you have on your schedule happen to be against the dregs of the NFL. You don't get style points against with wins against the New York Giants or the New York Jets or the New England Patriots. I'm sorry, I'm not giving you the benefit of the doubt because you beat the L.A. Chargers. I'm just not going to do that. You actually have to beat teams that we think will be there in the end. And so far, you're 0 for 2 on the season. I also am surprised that Dallas Cowboys would use today as the day to defend their team because you had every opportunity to win yesterday and you didn't. If I woke up this morning, I wouldn't say, oh, that's a moral victory. I know we have the talent to compete against a team like the Eagles because you already knew that. You knew that going into the game that you had the talent to be one of the best teams in the NFC. The problem was never about the construction of the roster. The problem was about execution. So if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm waking up today furious because once again they fell short in a game where they shouldn't coming up a little positive reinforcement (laughs) with positive programming i'm for it but first cc has this from granger for the ones who get it done like the eagles 
Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Show us you're happy with I'm For It. Positive stories around the sports world. Oh, I love that. A little ray of sunshine with a wink in there. Amazing. Yeah, this is the counter to Pat's negativity. A little positive programming here. And the first two stories, guys, are... A little sad, but tinged with some positive programming. So stick with me on the first two. So let's go to a huge matchup that we saw in college football this weekend. Washington defeating USC 52-42. to And one of the big moments in the game, a 118 remaining in the first half. The Huskies had forced a 28-28 tie. Senior edge rusher Zion Topolafatui, he stepped up. He created a much-needed turnover. Why is this important? A week prior, he had lost his father, who he was very, very close with. And ZTF was asked about playing through his grief after the game. Here is what he had to say. Yeah, you know, I just, um, this week was really hard, but uh, I knew my dad wanted me to play. You know, he loves this game. He loves you, though, bro. And uh, I know I'd just be doing him wrong if I didn't play, but uh, I think what I was able to play good in his memory, oh man, that was him playing through me, you know? I mean, the beginning of the game, I don't even know if I wanted to play, to be honest. I'm here for my brothers, but I'm glad it, I was glad I was able to play a good game, bro. You played great. Go get him, man. Congratulations, brother. Thank you, man. He was able to step up, make a big play, play through his grief, and honor his father, guys. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you don't get misty hearing that, right? Oh, I sobbed uh, I mean, when it I just, saw it. It. Just, it just shows you that some moments are just bigger than the game. Absolutely. And it shows you the power of football. Um, the young man said he didn't want to play. Mm-hmm. And he went out there and he did play because he didn't want to disappoint his brothers and he felt like he'd be doing his, da- his dad wrong. That is, that is powerful, Smalls. Yes. And, I mean, he made game-changing plays Absolutely. in that matchup. I mean, he had the strip sack on Caleb Williams. Like He he was all over the place in that ball game, and was a big reason why Washington came out on the winning side of that matchup. So, shout-out to him. Shout-out for his teammates for being able to prop him up, hold him up, because I know it couldn't have been easy on uh, the last week for him, but he was able to get through it. And not only that, he was able to put together a really, really good performance and be a reason why his team won. 
And not only that, I know that he honored his dad and that his dad is so proud of him. So shout out to ZTF for being able to play so well through his pain. Now on the other side of the ball, we have USC quarterback Caleb Williams, who we know is likely going to be the first pick in the NFL draft. He has a great career ahead of him, but his dreams at USC kind of dashed with that loss to Washington. We know that USC likely not going to play in the Pac-12 championship game anymore. He's not going to reach a lot of the goals that he had set for himself at USC. And after the game, you saw Caleb Williams have a moment with his mom in the stands. As you can see, he jumps up in the stands. He's hugging his mom. You can see the emotions pouring out of him as he's crying. His mom shielding him, protecting him, covering his face. And guys, no matter how much success you have in life, sometimes you just need your parents. Sometimes you just need the love of your mom. And and I despise that people are ripping on him for this. The fact that she has to cover his face. This man gives everything to this sport, to his team. And I hate that sports fans rip on people that are in tears after losses. I saw it firsthand, you know, around the Miami Heat when Chris Bosh was hysterically crying. He was faint after losing the title in 11 against the Mavs. Mm-hmm. He was famously destroyed. And I could never understand that. Why? Because he cares so much. He wanted to be so great. He wanted his team to win. And Caleb Williams wanted his team to win. And he wants to be so great. And he's emotional afterwards. And he's not allowed to be. I hate that people rip on people for that stuff. Drives yeah, me crazy. yeah, I hate it too. And here's the thing: like Kayla, Kayla Williams showed me everything I wanted to see. Not just in that moment. It's clear that he cares about football. He yes. cares about the outcome. But he also showed me some leadership intangibles. So he has a wide receiver, Deuce Robinson, a young guy, ends up dropping a pass that would have been a touchdown. And he goes to him on the sidelines and doesn't give him a tongue lashing, but picks him up and says, "Hey, guy, we're gonna need you." Deuce Robinson comes back and blocks a punt that leads to a touchdown, also has a big catch later on in the game. Like, that ability to be that engaged and to know what your teammates need and to pick guys up, not put them down when they make mistakes, that's what you're looking for, especially from a guy that's going to be drafted into a situation where he's going to be asked to be a culture changer. So you you can't be upset or think it's a red flag that the kid actually cares about the game when he goes toe-to-toe with one of the best teams, one of the best quarterbacks in all of college football. And there's nothing for Caleb Williams to hang his head about. He led six touchdown drives in that game, over 300 yards passing, four touchdowns, no interceptions. That was, that was an outstanding performance for him. He just came up short against a better team. Yeah, I'd have a much bigger issue with the player who's smiling, laughing, having a grand old time after they lost that kind of game. By the way, USC, on a more of a sportsy note, did fire their defensive coordinator um, yesterday, so they're making changes on that defensive side of the ball after allowing 52 to Michael Penix Jr. in Washington, obviously. No doubt. No, I'm with you. I I want my anyone on my team, but especially the leader of my team, to care that much, to care that deeply. All right, let's go to the NFL, guys. Dolphins-Chiefs, we know that the Chiefs beat the Dolphins 21-14 yesterday. The game was in Germany. You were having your coffee watching the NFL yesterday, and I loved this video that I came across. Isaiah Pacheco, Chiefs running back, stayed for an hour after the game to sign autographs for fans in Germany. Yeah, I mean, they're never going to have that opportunity, potentially not going to have that opportunity to see the Chiefs ever again, right? I mean, to my knowledge, I don't know if they're going back there. I know that Germany has another game coming of this week with New England and Indy, but it's not obviously Kansas City, so that's a great job by him. I mean, what is what is proper protocol, CC, in terms of autograph signing and like when you're supposed to do it? Because I'm sure there's a lot of times you're just like, you're like a 50-year-old 
person. You're not supposed to be asking for my <laughs> autograph to go sell it. Like, what is the proper protocol well, for you Well, I think guys? players are aware that the fans make the whole thing go. And so when you have an opportunity to do that, especially with an international series game where you're getting to the stadium a little bit earlier than you typically would, you've got some extra time. So you can go out there and pregame and sign some autographs and engage it with the fans that are in the building early. And if you wanted to stay afterward to sign a few autographs, you can do that too. So I, I, I just I always think it's a good thing when the players find moments where they can engage with the fans and do them that solid because those fans that they sign autographs for or take pictures with will never forget those moments. No, and you, never. Want, you want to grow the game internationally? As Isaiah Pacheco is helping you do that. No doubt. Because you're right. Those people are much more likely to tune into the NFL and watch him play in the Kansas City Chiefs because they have that personal moment with him. All right, guys, uh, let's wrap it up with two more things. First of all, shout out to everyone who ran and completed the New York City Marathon Woo! yesterday. We are based here in New York City. It's one yep. of the best days. Uh, I personally could never do it. You could see this video that we How have on the television. How can you say that? Time. You've run a million half marathons. Uh, that is not a fall. Look Look at this video of all of the land in New York City that they traversed yesterday. I don't care if you were the last person across the finish line. Congratulations to you if you competed in the New York City marathon yesterday. But let's wrap it up with this. I also want to give a shout out to Brooke and Rob Rittner. We know that people in Philly absolutely love their sports teams. And maybe... That love is just as prominent as your love inside your home because these two fans got married at a tailgate yesterday before Philly's matchup with the Cowboys. I'm over that. You're over it. The tailgate wedding. The wedding. the, The tailgate wedding. So is it a good sign that the Eagles actually beat the Cowboys? Yes. They are united in their hatred for Dallas. That's right. I love it. I love what's not the love Look about this. this. They have the flower I'm girl throwing the, fo- the flowers in the pavement. It's creative. <laughs> it's cost effective. It's something that we're probably going to be doing anyway. I don't know how you can be out on this one, Ev. I'm all about it. I mean, the, the chaplain's got the jersey. He's wearing, what, a Fletcher Cox jersey to his wedding? <laughs> yeah. Wow, Evan, yeah. I didn't know you didn't love for, love. For the, for the honeymoon? Wow, like Evan, out on love. <laughs> for the, for the, what do you want me to say? It's appropriate. Well, it's better than Hurts. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, or you can go Swift. Hey, phrasing. Yeah. Go Swift. They have a lot no, of. You no, know, I don't think you want Hurts or Swift. I don't. I don't think you want the bride to be wearing Hertz or Swift. I, you guys, what? Yeah. Guys, I don't yeah. even know. So he's wearing the right yeah, jersey. Yeah, exactly. He's wearing. He's okay with. The or one you can wear sweat. <laughs> they have. Okay. They have a lot of jerseys that fit for this narrative, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. All. I think that's pretty cool. I love it. I love it. I love it, and I love love. Like on ESPN Radio. Love, love, baby. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.